Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with three-time Emmy-winning journalist and host of On Stage on Spectrum News New York One, Frank Dilella. One of Broadway's biggest champions, Frank is the host of a new special that will air on PBS this coming Tuesday, January 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The film, Great Performances, Reopening, the Broadway Revival, provides an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at Wicked, Aladdin, Tina the Tina Turner Musical, Jagged Little Pill, Phantom of the Opera, Waitress, and other shows as they prepared to make their return to the Great White Way this past fall. In the documentary, Frank speaks with Adrian Warren, Sarah Bareilles, Aaron Tveit, Leia Salonga, Norm Lewis, Cheetah Rivera, Laura Benanti, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and many more of Broadway's best about what the year-and-a-half shutdown and then the theater's subsequent return meant to them and how it impacted them as people and as performers. The Great Performances special will also re-air on Friday, January 21st at 10 p.m. on PBS. Of course, check your local listings to make sure when and where it is airing in your area. We will have information in the show notes on where you can find the listings as well as where you can get it on the PBS video app and website. And we will also include contact information for Frank as well. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Frank Delella. Well, Frank, this is coming out at a really interesting time. We saw this really kind of tense but celebrated reopening uh, in the fall and even into the summer in some cases of 2020. And we're now going through a kind of a time of year where we're starting to see some things shut down and reopen. Um, but as, as people kind of sit, get ready to sit and watch this special on Tuesday night, what is kind of the the overarching message of of the Broadway bounce back, so to speak, uh, of what this great performances special is going to be focusing on? I think the one thing that you will take away from watching this is the strength and resilience of this community. Um, you know, yes, we are going through a period right now where this variant is wreaking havoc on the community. And yet this community is saying, no, we're not giving up. No, we're not shutting down. We are open for business. Hashtag Broadway is open is a hashtag that's trending right now. And I think that is what the takeaway is from this film. In fact, you know, when we were filming, one of the shows we follow in the documentary is Aladdin. And as you may recall, Aladdin opened on September 28th. And then the next day was shut down due to breakthrough cases. So that was totally unexpected during the filming process. And we capture that. Michael James Scott, who plays the genie in Aladdin, is one of our principal characters in the film. And we followed him. We followed him on his first day in rehearsal. We followed him when he was, you know, getting, trying on his costume for the first time. We go through all the, the chapters with him. And then we also follow him when his family is in town to see him in Aladdin. They've never seen him do the genie. And guess what? On the night that we were there, on, on, on the weekend they were there, we're not at Aladdin at the New Amsterdam Theater. We're with him on his terrace because the show was closed for 10 days. Wow. So I think, you know, watching him go, th go through what he goes through and still be positive and still say, yes, we're going to come back. Yes, the show is up and running. Yes, Broadway is open. It's pr pretty incredible. 
And I imagine following the Aladdin cast like that, you were able to document and chronicle quite a range of emotions. Were they able to maintain that optimism that you spoke about earlier during this time? Or did it did it feel like it was happening all over again? Was it deja vu all over again for them where they felt like, oh, God, we reopened, we're shut down, we're going to be out of work again for another year and a half? You know, it it was very much you know, we got to take this day by day. Hmm. We got to take this day by day. Broadway is open, but, you know, it could be touch and go, touch and go. In fact, Clay Salonga said to me, um, and actually didn't make it into this version of the the film, but uh, more to come about that. But she said, you know, the story of New York, if you look at New York, and that, of course, includes Broadway, it's a cycle, Right. It's, you know, something happens and brings down the industry, but guess what? The industry rises again. And if you look in recent history, 9-11, Sandy, you know, these moments where things, you know, everything stops, but Broadway always comes back. New York always comes back. And I think that is something we're going through right now. And, and just look at the, you know, the last couple months. Yes, this variant shut down a ton of shows briefly. And yes, some had to close permanently. But, you know, last night I was looking at the schedule and there were more than two dozen shows on Broadway, all playing. Yeah, You know, so we're going to get through this. And I think that is the message of the film. And I also think the other takeaway that I want people to, to walk away with is go out and buy a ticket to a Broadway show. Broadway's open. And that doesn't just mean Broadway... In New York City, that means Broadway on the road. Support your local theater, support performing artists, because guess what? That's how we got through the pandemic. Artists are essential workers. You know, yes, things were were closed in terms of live venues for live performance, but we were listening to podcasts, we were watching, you know, films, we were taking in Zoom readings. You know, these are artists listening to iTunes and Spotify. These are artists, you know, these are essential workers. That's how I got through the pandemic. That's how my family and friends got through the pandemic. So I hope people see this and and want to go buy a ticket for a Broadway show. Yeah, I I think, and you might know better than I, but I, I think that once Skeleton Crew got back up and running, it was the first time in months, perhaps even since the reopening, that every announced Broadway show that was supposed to be running at the time was actually running. Yep. Um, yep. And that's a... It, it kind of goes without saying that that's not how things were supposed to happen, but it does feel encouraging, especially during this time of year, which I think our listeners know and you obviously know is a rough time for Broadway shows, not during pandemic times. But to be able to see that was was really encouraging. You you mentioned um, obviously Aladdin and there's a ton of other shows that you follow um, and a, a great group of people that you spoke to in addition to the show people who are in these shows. But I wonder if there was one moment either that you captured during rehearsals or if you have some of the stuff from performances or in an interview that really stands out as being uh, emblematic of of what this whole ordeal was like on performing artists in general, Broadway or otherwise? Yeah. You know, the the first person that comes to mind is Adrian Warren. I think Adrian Warren's mm-hmm. performance in Tina, the Tina Turner musical, of course, for those who don't know, she played Tina. She created that role. 
that role, that performance is going to go down in history as one of the greatest performances to ever, Absolutely. you know, be on a stage. And, you know, I saw Adrian do it in London. She's a pal, you know, and I just want to say, I, I, I am so grateful to the artists who said yes to being a part of this because I call, I, I reached out to everyone individually and, you know, Everyone from Sarah Bareilles to Andrew Lloyd Webber to Adrian Warren to Kristen Chenoweth, they said, yes, what can we do? We want to be a part of this. What can we do? Because we need to welcome people back to New York City. But um, Adrian in particular, you know, she went on quite the journey with this role. Mm -hmm. She put her mind, body and soul into the role of Tina Turner her blood, sweat, and tears, everything. And, you know, I was with her in London. I did a bunch of stuff with her when she was creating the role in London, did a bunch of stories with her over there, and then followed her over here. And right before the shutdown, we did a big sit-down interview, and she had bruises on her legs. She was talking about how, like, this role was literally ripping her apart, her body apart. She had to you know, do physical therapy and, and, but she was fighting, fighting, fighting. And in the documentary, you see her have this moment when I ask her about Broadway shutting down and she breaks down and, you know, she talks about why was I doing this? What was this all for? You know, when everything shut down, she was like, will I ever get to perform again? Will my friends ever get to perform together again for this show and you know you see that moment and and how crushed she was you know this is someone whose life's work is to be an artist to be a performer and that goes into question in that moment and she has an emotional breakdown but then as we all know broadway comes back she wins the tony and so like to follow her storyline throughout this this documentary and to see we go to her opening night her reopening night I mean, I was in the audience that night. Again, one of the most incredible experiences, you know, of being in the theater today, watching Adrian be back on stage as Tina and just kill it, kill it in the role. And also, you know, when we were chatting, she was saying when she was getting ready to reopen the show, she couldn't remember the role. She had multiple versions of the show in her head from the workshops to London to like pre-Broadway, to Broadway. So we see her in the documentary in the rehearsal room and she's forgetting the show. She can't, she she like, she doesn't know what to do. And I found that fascinating too. It's like, you know, these actors are athletes and to get back up to speed, to do this eight times a week after being done with it for a year and a half is amazing to watch. And, and boy, do they come back and in grand form too. Yeah. And Adrian as well, that role is such a physical role. She shot a television show where she had to kind of change herself physically. Um, and then she had to get back into Tina shape, which she documented a lot on social media, which was a yeah. very interesting thing. And of course, watch women of the movement on ABC. Cause it's fantastic. Yes, uh, yes, yes. But you mentioned the fact that she didn't remember the role. And that kind of brings me to a question I wanted to ask you since you you are so in touch with so many different aspects of the community right now with all of the people that are having to um, miss performances because of, of COVID diagnoses or, or contact tracing or whatever. We are seeing people go into shows both on Broadway and on the road that haven't done these roles in years. And you talk about the fact that Adrian had to relearn 
the role that she created. And these people are taking longer times, career changes for some people, and they're coming back to shows. Um, what do you think that says about these people and, and about performing artists and, and musical theater artists specifically, because it's generally in musicals, but that these people are not only willing to kind of drop things and jump back into these shows that they used to be employed by, um, but also that they're able to do it. And, and, you know, the audience would in most cases be none the wiser if they weren't following things super closely. I mean, they're superheroes. These people are superheroes to be able to do what they do. And also I've always said, I like, you know, I've always surrounded myself. I've always been, you know, I, I flock to theaters. I flock to performing arts venues. I mean, these are my people. This is, these are the people who I grew up with, went to college with, you know, and now this is part of my community. I mean, they're, I always find that they're the smartest folks. They're mm -hmm. well-rounded. They know what they're talking about. They're open to things. And, you know, they're superheroes. I just interviewed um, Jennifer Blood, who uh, is in Girl from the North Country, who had to step in multiple times over the past couple weeks. You know, and she and we're talking playing instruments, playing multiple roles, and just like kind of doing it at the drop of a dime. And that is amazing to me. That's incredible to me. Uh, like the fact that someone can do that and just make it happen and like make it look seamless and just fit into this machine that is well oiled and just working eight times a week is beyond like, I, I know I couldn't do that. I know a lot of people, <laughs> no. you know, who are in the performing arts who can do that. So, I mean, these are athletes. These are incredible individuals. You talk about kind of being drawn to these people and being around them. Is that feeling of of knowing how great they are does that change how you see shows does it give you more of an appreciation for what you're seeing or is it oh i've seen so many people do amazing things that i'm expecting amazing things so it's a higher threshold that you need uh, I, I wonder how that impacts your appreciation of of everything you see on stage either pre or post pandemic i you know i i i think the one thing that the pandemic has taught me is i'll never take for granted going to the theater and taking in a performance, no matter what it is, you know, for me, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, going into a theater is the equivalent of going to church. 100%. You know, this is my temple. This is my church. And, you know, just being there experiencing, you know, what I'm experiencing. And, you know, from a professional perspective, I try with everything I see to take away something positive. Even if I didn't love the show, even if the performance was mediocre, to take something positive away from the experience. And, you know, especially when it's a big, splashy musical number and I'm a sucker for like a great musical theater piece, like give that to me. And, you know, if you're doing it, you're performing it, I will get lost in it and just sit there and enjoy the moment. Yeah. I, I'm interested about one of the people that you spoke with and you mentioned him earlier. Um, obviously, Andrew Lloyd Webber is a titan in musical theater on both sides of the Atlantic, but he was very instrumental and controversially so in trying to get theaters back up and running in London and the West End. I wonder, we heard so much of him talk about that um, in the press in London, but I wonder when talking specifically about Broadway, what his insights were having kind of gone through some of these things in London with, you know, I mean, as as up and down as it's been in New York, it was even more start and stop in London. So I wonder if he had any specific insights that, um, you know, were kind of colored differently than the people who are more New York centric. You know, when all is said and done, and this is finally past us because we're not, <clears throat> we're not out of the woods quite yet. 
I think Andrew Lloyd Webber, looking back in history, will be one of the saviors and the leaders of this whole experience. I will never forget when everything shut down. I think I spoke to Andrew via Zoom. We had a conversation um, maybe the second week into the pandemic. And he told me then and there, Frank, I'm already on it. I have people in South Korea. I have people all over the world. I'm looking into... At the time, do you remember early on in the pandemic, we all thought it was like, you know, gloves. No one, it, <laughs> masks were optional, but a lot of people were wearing gloves uh, we, because people thought it was being, um, the, the virus was being spread uh, like on the surface. Yeah. yeah. So he was talking about looking into this technology where you would touch a doorknob or open a door in one of his theaters and then automatically it would be disinfected. So he was talking about that. And then he was saying, you know, this was back, when when everything shut down, he talked about trying to figure out how to get people into the theater, but then have it spaced out. So, you know, he was one of the first to bring people back into the theater at the Palladium, where he hosted Beverly Night, one of his theaters, completely for free, did everything as a test run, and had a whole socially distanced experience. He was one of the first people to put his name on the, the test trial for... Um, uh, one of the vaccines in the UK. So like, you know, he put his money where his mouth is. He's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He is so rich, right? Yeah. He oh, prints yeah. money. With a B. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't need to be doing this, but he did it. He did it. And in the film, we see him revamp, bring back Phantom, and, you know, the the cherry on top of the whole experience um and and i don't want to give too much away because i want people to watch the movie but yes yes all i have to say is there is definitely a payoff at the end of phantom when people are walking out into the street because we have some fun moments oh, with I, yeah the lord and i <laughs> you probably know what i'm talking about yes. but to see it and to see what we captured it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, that is definitely a different look for Andrew Lloyd Webber than I think most people. Going back to his uh, Eurovision uh, Tetris music uh, yes. days, but yes. uh, so we'll we'll wrap this up, Frank. With you spoke with uh, you mentioned Adrian Warren, um, Sarah Bareilles. Um, you've got folks like uh, Norm Lewis, Andrew Randalls. You mentioned Leia Salonga, Kristen Chenoweth, Cheetah Rivera. I. I I have to wonder, as all of these incredible performers, these these literal legends, um, what the return of theater meant to them, if there was an overarching unifying uh, outlook, whether they those are folks that are in shows like Aaron Tveit or sure. obviously Adrian Warren or someone like Cheetah or Laura Benanti who weren't in shows, but what this return for musical theater, both on Broadway and often around the country, meant to them as not only artists, but lovers of the form as well. Yeah, the key word that kept coming back that all of them said was home. This is home. Yeah. We've been without home for, for a year and a half. We are now back at home. A lot of them talked about this is our calling. This is why I'm here. And to not have that, to not have that outlet, we feel lost. But home is the word that kept coming up. They all said it in one way or another. They said the Tony Awards was like a family reunion. It was yeah. like the first you know, reunion that they've been able to have in a long time. Um, but home is the word that kept coming back. 
Yeah. Well, I know, Frank, that I have seen you in many theaters uh, over the years. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll end on this question. One more question, if you don't mind. Sure. Not that I want you to pick favorites and you might not want to do this because of uh, other journalistic responsibilities and uh, ethics that you have. But is there anything coming up this spring with the rest of the season, either on Broadway, off Broadway, that you are specifically excited to see either because of the show, because of a performer, because of a story, anything like that? I'm looking forward to A Strange Loop. Of course, of Michael course. Jackson's uh, brilliant musical. I'm looking forward to that play on Broadway and Plaza Suite because, you know, who doesn't um, love Neil Simon, yeah. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. And then I also have to give a plug to company. I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to end 2021 with that brilliant Marianne Elliott revival um, starring everybody like the best, uh, the best supporting cast, like any Broadway actor could ever ask for. But then also to have like Patty on stage doing ladies who lunch. I mean, sign me up. I, I, I'll go again and again and again. Well, Frank, I'm very excited about this. I know that there's there's going to be a lot of coverage of Broadway's reopening in different forms or fashions, different documentaries. But knowing your insights and great performances track record for an incredible coverage of the theater, this is one I'm very much looking forward to. My DVR is already set. So uh, thank you for chatting about this and have a great time back in the theater. Stay masked, but uh, stay safe as well and enjoy the shows. Stay masked and vaxxed and go see a Broadway show. Thank <laughs> you.